Hello and welcome to another Tune Under podcast. I'm Mark. I'll be hosting tonight and joining me for uh, what's going to be a pretty crowded podcast, I think, despite the fact that we thought it was going to be quiet, uh, is Keegan uh, down in Geelong. How are you doing, Keegan? Good, thanks, Mark. How are you, mate? I'm good, thank you. Um, cheers for joining us. I know Geelong's playing tonight for the AFL, so uh, you'll, you'll have that on in the background, I'm sure. Yeah, my eyes start wandering, you know where I'm looking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm, check, I'm checking notes, honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, nah, I totally understand. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll uh, try and kick things off then. So, obviously, uh, we had a bit of a flurry of activity when uh, Botman joined. Um, Botman's finally signed, got, got all uh, announced and everything. Uh, and then it kind of quietened off a little bit, but in true Newcastle style, it uh, doesn't stay quiet for long. Uh, we started getting some um, some extra players linked with us, so we're going to go through those. Uh, there's been some some issues around one of our friendly matches against Mainz uh, in Germany, uh, with some some potential protests about our owners. Uh, their fans weren't happy. Uh, we'll have a ch chat about that. Um, our friendly prices um, seem to have caused a bit of a stir on on uh, on social media. Uh, and we'll, we'll, so we'll weigh into that a little bit. I think it's it's one of those things that's starting to kind of wane a little bit, and it's probably time to move on. But we'll, we'll give it a chat. And obviously, all of our international players reported back for training today. So uh, if if uh, if you're anything like me, uh, then you've you've watched the YouTube videos of them all in training. Um, so we'll we'll, uh, we'll see how we go with that. So I guess first of all, uh, let's just have a quick run through some of the some of the news topics around Newcastle United. Um, obviously, yeah, as I said, uh, international players have just turned up um, back from uh, back from their holidays, extended leave because of their international duties. Uh, there was there's videos of of Botman turning up for training, Pope. Uh, I think. Um, Trippier was there. Bruno's come along. Uh, Miggy. So full, full whole, whole host of uh, those those players have, have reported back. It was interesting, um, and we were just having a bit of a brief chat off off air. Um, some of the, the the exercises that we're getting them to do was was quite quite intriguing for me. Um, I, I don't know if you can. I, I don't know. We, we were talking about the the jump mat. Uh, what, what what's your best guess as to what that's actually doing? Um. I. Could be hang maybe hang time, like how long they can stay in the air for. So the clock starts when they leave the pads and it stops again when they touch the pads. I don't know. That's the logical thing, but with most of them things, the most obvious yeah. thing isn't the, the obvious thing no no and this is the thing i'd be i'd be interested to know if there's any uh sports sports scientists or uh physio people out there who can shine a bit of light on that one for us because that was that was a little bit strange what i did actually like was um they were actually showing them uh compressing muscles rather than actually just doing weight so it was showing muscle strength and um you know sort of uh press time from their legs and pressing out and in um, and measuring the the peaks and and how long they can keep that for so obviously putting them through the through their through their paces seeing you know what sort of shape they're in after their international duties and after their holidays um, and then some very strange beep tests uh, but I have to say it is very good to see that all the players have returned um, it's kind of kicked the excitement level up a notch for me um, I don't know about you I was just excited with seeing training and doing a beep test because I don't think it would have happened in the last couple of years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, did you no. did you happen to catch the video, they, the seven-minute video they put out when Botman's medical and all that sort of stuff? I have not seen that one, no. Oh, yeah. I've, like, 
I have no idea what they do in medicals, but that was a pretty good insight into some of the stuff they do. It's pretty full on. Like, I think he was hooked up to like an ECG machine and and everything. Like, yeah, it was pretty full on. It was pretty cool to see actually, because yeah, you don't normally get any insider access into that sort of stuff. So. Yeah. Good content yeah, there seems from the to be a bit of that thing. going around. Yeah, um, I was like interesting. Obviously, friend of the pod, Serena Taylor was was in the videos, and she's sort of meeting all the players. And it was, <laughs> it was a nice touch where Bruno's coming up to everyone, sort of giving yeah. them fist bumps and sort of ah, oh, missed you guys. And yeah, it's 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 nice for everyone to be back on deck. Uh, what what are the? Um, I, I guess it's for me looking at the players. Uh, they they were clearly put through their paces in terms of how physically up to this up to scratch they were. Uh, and I think that kind of sort of coincides with what the rumours were that literally after the last game of the season, uh, apparently Eddie Howard given all of the players notes and exercises and levels of fitness they were, he was expecting them to return at um, so that it wasn't a case of, right, you're off for a few weeks, go and lie on a beach and not do any exercise. But when we've seen videos of uh, St. Maximin running up and down hills and he's <laughs> he's trying to keep himself in shape and other, and other, other players have, have obviously been been doing their best to keep their fitness levels up so you know it's it's good to see that 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 level of professionalism is there and as you said i mean there's just there's no chance that we'd even been doing beat tests with the new players let alone uh sort of giving them giving them instructions for while they're, while they're <laughs> off on their time off so yeah long may it continue yeah if they'd done one they probably had the next two days off to recover from it yeah anyway or or, 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 uh, or they'd have uh yeah been down the kebab shop or something yeah <laughs> it's always good to look after the manager, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, the 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 big talking point was um, there was there was a fan protest about our our friendly game that's been sort of booked in for Mainz Mainz in Germany. Uh, it's, it's a smaller club in the Bundesliga, but still a still a decent town. I actually know someone who is from that that uh, that city when. I was living in London. Um, we worked together, uh, but it was—it's one of these things where the the general consensus, I think, is Maine's fans have a track record of being, you know, sort of quote unquote the woke fans. I guess you would say um, they're they're always seemingly up for a cause, uh, which which is fine. And and this is kind of like something that it, it brings up that argument of, you know, we've got definitely have this sort of um i don't know cloud hanging over our owners in terms of of all of these issues that keep getting brought up but i respect the fans for wanting to to make a statement um but it it's just you know i i like that style of thing where we don't want to play this friendly um and that's our kind of protest where it's not just slagging everyone off and, and sort of bad-mouthing people for the sake of it. Now, I don't, I don't have a particular problem with that game not going ahead, but Mines, um football director or something, they've they've turned around and said, look, there's no issues. We're definitely going to be still playing the game. So it'll be interesting to see whether or not the fans um, have any kind of uh, backlash while the game is in play or whether there's any protests planned. Um, it is It is over in Germany, so... We'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that one. Um, I mean, did you see much of that on, on social media or anything, Keegan? No, I woke up. Obviously, like, we sleep through most of the news cycle. So <laughs> I woke up and I was just going through Twitter and I seen the the out, well, not the outrage, but the 
the reports about it. And I thought it must have just been announced. Um, and then, yeah, dug a little bit deeper and then seen, no, it's been, I thought it was announced for a few weeks. And then, yeah, it turns out it was right. But I don't understand why they didn't protest it when it was announced. Like, what, what was the delay? Is there a delay in communication, internet over in Germany? I'm not sure what the holdup was for them to wait two weeks before they wanted to kick off about it. But yeah. I think I think if they're really that upset, yeah, I think we'll have to wait and see when they play the game. Will they turn up or will they turn up and protest? Which is um it, it wouldn't surprise me. Anyway. I think it's it's a look, it's a it's a preseason friendly. Um there's not a lot to be gained or lost from it. I guess it's a bit of publicity for those that want to make a stand and make a statement. So you know, more power to them, I guess. But yeah. I just don't know I what think it, what's it going to achieve. I don't like everyone knows they're not shedding light on a new subject yeah. and trying to gain worldwide traction. Like everyone knows who our owners are and and what happens in Saudi Arabia and it's plastered all over internet. Like I, they, I get the they aren't. I get the feeling it's going to be probably more a case of there's a, a vocal minority that have made their mouths go about this and mm. the, re the rest of the fans are probably like, meh, we don't really care. We're just going to play preseason friendly. So yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll watch this and we'll see how it goes anyway. Um, so, and the last bit of uh, sort of tetchy bit of news, I guess you would say, is uh, the um, preseason friendly tickets were released to um, some some bit of a backlash on social media at the pricing uh, of these tickets. So the tickets were released. Uh, the home games are 20 quid, um, so 20 pounds a ticket. Uh, I'm assuming that there's discounts for, for kids and all that sort of stuff. Um, now, previous seasons, it's always been 10, I think it's been 10 pound or something the last time. I think time it's, it's been 10 and 5, and now yeah. it's 20 and 10. Yeah. So yeah. obviously the, the big thing for that is, you know, we're not under Ashley anymore. People actually want to go to the games. It's not like we're giving tickets away for um, like just, just to get them. any sort of crowd here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, we, we've got owners who are trying to push the club forward. I think it's not unrealistic to think that ticket prices will go up a little bit. Um, we, we've, we've discussed all of this as well with, with regards to um, Jack on the podcast earlier um, or last week where we, we talk about season tickets and ground capacity and the fact remains that you know tickets ticket sales are not the the be all and end all for premier league clubs anymore in terms of their revenue stream so it, it comes down to i i see the justification for questioning the price increase because you kind of look you want to you want to give kids and, and fans that maybe don't get to go to the games regularly a chance to go but i still don't think 20 quid is you know over the top um when you see i mean obviously it's it's a it's a different kettle of fish when you look at the chelsea tickets there for the preseason two i think they're playing in las vegas las vegas arena or something um those tickets are probably equivalent or about 40, 50 quid. Um, so, you know, you're talking, and that's a, it's still a preseason friendly, let's be fair. So there's, there's levels of this. Well, when they're not taking the piss, so to speak, they're just, you know, charging a standard fee for, for what would, would normally be a, a season ticket. Do you, do you see any issues with, with the pricing? Um, like before we get into the, the, uh, the, the other issues that came from that. I don't, 
I, I'm torn. Like, I can understand some people being upset that it's they've doubled the prices, but at the same time, you're not paying to go and watch Kieran Clark and Jeff Hendrick play a friendly, are you? You're, you're going to watch Sven Botman and Bruno. Like, yeah. there's levels. We're not who we are anymore. And, I mean, if it was such an issue you wouldn't have had people lining up for hours trying to get a ticket flight. And we've got Manchester United coming to play Melbourne Victory within the next couple of weeks. And, I mean, Dimmy put in our group chat, like some of the tickets, the ticket prices are ridiculous. And this is a 100,000-seat stadium that's an oval. Like you're not even going to be close if you're sitting down the bottom on the front row. Like... Some of the prices would be triple what they're paying for these friendly. Like th- that's the market now. We aren't where yeah. we were, and yeah, like I said, if there was a problem, then people wouldn't have queued up for hours to try and get a ticket. Yeah. So the 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 one of the posts that really caused a stir was somebody suggested that not only were the prices significantly higher and probably weren't a good idea but there was talk that maybe we should boycott the game in protest and I think that really sparked a lot of feelings with the fans where it's like you know what do you have to do to make some of these people happy now I will go on record here and say look I actually spoke to the guy on on social media I had a bit of a chat and everything um bit of an exchange between myself and him and a couple other fans and he did sort of uh, he did come out and actually say look i completely misread that situation um worded things badly it was a bit of an overreaction apologized and it's kind of like you know time to move on but it, it does it does bear in mind that you know this time last year we were preparing to play crew alexandra and barnsley as our preseason friendly and we're about to go in against atalanta um you know we've got uh atletico bilbao coming over to st james's park the last time we played atletico bilbao at st james's park was for rob lee's testimonial in 2000 one and the season and the ticket prices then were 20 quid <laughs> so yeah. you're talking like you know 21 years down the line and we're charging the same amount for for the yeah. tickets so it's, it's not the crisis that it was made out to be no. um like like always social media takes something runs with it to the nth degree and completely blows things out of proportion um i'm glad that it's kind of settled down a little bit now but it's just just nice to kind of have that little that little chat about what's going on with with those yeah. ticket prices yeah, well, I'm glad that they've sorted themselves out and he's stuck his hand up. That's probably the hardest thing to do, you know, when you're Definitely, wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Stick your hand up and go, yeah, I, I got that wrong. And he probably copped his whack and move on with it. Yeah, no, it's, it's all good. I mean, it's, it's it just, you know, it's good food for thought in terms of, you know, exactly where we are. And it's it's just giving us that little sort of yardstick of of what's to come for the club, I guess, and and sort of, Maybe, maybe the owners were just, you know, putting the little feelers out. Maybe, you know, maybe I'm sort of conspiracy theory here, but maybe it was just a test the water to see if they can put the ticket prices up a little bit um, for season tickets in the in the next few years once we start to climb up a little bit. I mean, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. But enough of all of the news cycle um, mumbo jumbo that's been in in the social media and stuff. Uh, we have now been linked with a whole host of new players because you know. It wouldn't be a new week without Newcastle being being linked to an, another another twenty or thirty players. Uh, 
it, it it's um it's safe to say I think the Hugo Ekatike deal is dead in the water unless the agent has a major U-turn. Um, I think the agent's greed has got better of them there, and it looks like um, Hugo is staying put in France for another season unless uh, one of the big teams come in for him, which, you know, let's be fair, is highly unlikely. So we've now apparently shifted our sights to, you know, we've, we've sorted our defence out. We've, we've got in Nick Pope. We've got in um, Sven Botman. We've got Matt Target signed up on a permanent deal. So, you know, our back line is looking pretty strong now. Um, we've got strength and depth. We've got cover for positions. So they've shifted their sights to midfield and the all-important front front uh, two or front three or whatever we end up playing. So we're looking to sort of bolster our striker department. And I think that is kind of one thing that all the fans have agreed on. We definitely need someone up front to kind of be a backup, if not a replacement for Callum Wilson, because nobody is really that confident in him being able to see out a whole season without getting some sort of injury along the way. So um, it'll be interesting to see exactly who we do sign. But first player I'm going to dive into, uh, it's the one that has made a lot of waves. Bobby and myself have both been quite uh, quite vocal in our support for this particular player, and that is uh, Musa Diaby. Uh, he plays on the well. He, he plays on the wings of an attack, um, attacking three. Uh, he can play left or, or right. Twenty-two-year-old um, French international, uh, absolute lightning in a bottle in terms of going forward. Has an insane number of assists and goals. So can set goals up. Can score them himself. Uh, looks looks an absolute handful for any defender. Would be great to see him with. St. Maximum on the other wing. And the fact that they can both play either side, I think should keep defenses guessing. Uh, the The talk of it is we've we've tabled a bid um, or we're in the process of tabling a bid, but our evaluation is somewhere short of his club's um, selling evaluation. Um, so we're potentially about 15 million quid away from each other. Do you see any legs in this? Um, how confident do you think um, sort of the club should be getting this mm. player? And do you think it's worth kind of haggling on this one again, like what we did with Sven Botman, um, like what we've tried to do with Ekatike, uh, to make sure we do our best to try and get this player no matter what? Yeah, I think so. I think he's the I think he's the big fish. Um, fits the age sort of demographic we're looking for especially in our attacking players. I mean, Bruno's early, mid-20s, Botman's 22. Uh, who else have we got? Pope. He's, I know he's 30, but he's a goalkeeper, so he still gets five or six years if he's if he's good enough. I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd be haggling as much as I could to try and work out a, a way to get this deal done because, I mean, this – this changes everything. We all know you're only as good as what your attacking players are, really. Um, but, I mean, Burnley got relegated because they couldn't score goals. Yeah. Like, if we can somehow find a way to do this, yeah, that's this is the big fish that we've been looking for. And, yeah, I think, yeah, he, he changes everything. I think that's the key for me on this deal is he opens up so much 
opportunity for us on the counter because he is quick. Um, that one of the big issues we had last season in terms of scoring goals was so Maximin's super quick, but when he gets the ball and he runs with it, he's often out on his own because nobody else can keep up with him. If we get Callum Wilson back fit through the middle, then obviously Callum Wilson's fast enough to keep up with him. We saw that in the last two games of the season that, you know, Callum Wilson was giving St. Maximin a, a lot more options up front. So he, he was kind of there with him. So he had that backup. And I think, you know, if you've got someone like Diaby in as well, who not only can keep up with St. Maximin, but probably surpass him in terms of what he's currently able to offer in, in, in not only goals, but assists and, and setting up his teammates as well. It just gives us that that balance on the front line uh, that we that we just haven't had for, for years. Now, there's as good as he is offensively, I think there are still a, a few little question marks on Diaby in terms of his off-the-ball uh, con contributions. He, he doesn't seem like he tracks back a lot. He, though I have seen footage of him where he's picking the ball up because he's he's come back into, you know, almost on the edge of his, his own box to to collect a ball um, from, from the opposition. So, you know, maybe we're getting fed a, a, a bit of you know, misinformation there. Maybe it is just the, you know, he's, he's, he has lapses. Um, he is still young. I think it's something that I'm sure Eddie Howe will work quite closely with him. And, you know, it's, it's probably just that thing of, look, if you want to take your game to the next level and you want to represent France and you want to go to, you know, to be that first name on the team sheet, we want to win things. You're going to have to to do your bit as well defensively and track back and press the opposition because we we know Eddie Howe wants to press forward with with all the players to kind of pin the opponents back if you like and force them into errors so um it needs everyone on board and and I certainly did see a little bit more of that in St Maximin towards the end of the season last season as well so you know it, it's probably just that thing where you know we need a need our coach and our managers to to really sort of be able to push forward that message with the players and for them to get on board with it as well and you know it's it's only for the for the players benefit in, in the long run yeah i think so and like it casts your mind back to especially the last couple of years as well every time maxi gets the ball he's doubled on straight away like everyone knows if we counter we're going to him like it it's very easy for the defense to sort of shift their block over to whatever side that he's playing on. But, I mean, if we've got a threat on both sides, yeah. I think that would be really, really hard to defend because they don't, they can't double on anyone anymore because they don't know. And then when when you counter and or when you press, sorry, one of the – probably the main threat you need is speed. Like you need to be able to close down whoever's got the ball straight away. And, I mean, if we've got Wilson – Maxi and Diaby as our, our front three shutting down. I mean, and they have to play it long. Then we've got Botman, Byrne, or Shah at the back who are comfortable on the ball. We could, could start bringing it straight back in, or give it to Bruno, and then we're coming forward again. Like, But, yeah, I mean, for all Miggy's hard running and defensive running he does, I mean, his end product isn't, isn't there. And... Mm. Murphy, Murphy's problem. Murphy gets in positions he just can't finish. Fraser, Fraser, like yeah, yeah, Fraser's the same. Fraser, he works all day, and you can see every time he plays, he puts in a shift. He's absolutely knackered by the end of the game. But I mean, he just doesn't have that end product. And 
if Diaby was no good defensively, he wouldn't be playing for the French national team. Yeah. Like, let's be honest. And because that's why Maxi doesn't play. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I was about to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they're exactly, they're not exactly the same player, but they're similar players. But yeah, I think Diaby, he must do all right defensively because, I mean, they've got enough for three sides. They've got enough good players to yeah. fill three competitive national sides. And if he's playing, starting in the first one, then he's obviously a pretty good bloody player, isn't he? Yeah. So that's a pretty decent question uh, for a segue as well. And um, if we get time, we'll, we're going to go through who we think probably should be in the outgoing list. Uh, but if you needed a backup, if we did get Diaby um, and he was our first choice kind of right attacking winger um, option, who would you see as the preferable option for, um, for, for his backup? I like Fraser. I, I know... He had his knockers at the start, and I don't think he was fit when he got here, and he was never going to get fit under the previous management. So, I mean, yeah. So it's it sort of he started behind the eight ball, and he was never getting in front of it. Like he was always, it was always an uphill battle. But I think, especially last season, his performances were really, really good, and he was really reliable. He worked hard, and that's all you can ask for. Like. He ended up. He scored a few goals as well, sort of in that in that little run we had after Christmas. He actually scored a few goals, which they come in really handy for them games. And I know when he got injured and Miggy come on, Miggy scored that goal, was arguably one of the goals of the season. But I think overall, Fraser gives you more of a threat going forward. Him and Wilson obviously have that little relationship or partnership. They've played a bit together as well. So they're on the same wavelength. So I'd probably say, yeah, Fraser. And, I mean, where does that leave Miggy? Is he – if someone comes in for him, will they entertain it? I probably think they would because they've got Murphy. Potential Anderson might stay as well. So, I mean, they've probably got cover there. If they can sign another winger, he might be someone you can make a bit of money off. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, um, I'm not counting on Elliot Anderson to to be that player next season. Uh, I think oh, a lot no, of it, no, no. a lot of it's <laughs> going to depend on him how he performs in preseason, uh, whether yeah. or not he's even kept around or whether he's loaned out again. But to me, I think the ideal thing is Fraser's played really well on the left, and I like Murphy on the right. And neither of them are probably the quality we need in terms of the starters, but they're great to bring off the bench because they all work hard. And as, as much as I love Miggy and I love his smile all the time and he works his ass off every time he comes on the pitch, the lack of end product is going to get to a point where it becomes a problem for us. And I think him, him personally probably will benefit by going to a slightly slower league. Um, I think if he went to Spain, um, or Portugal or someone like that, I think he would actually like play really, really well because he'd just get that little bit of extra time on the ball and he's got the effort and he's got the the drive and the, and the pace to, to probably cause a bit of problem, but he just doesn't have the ball skills. But, you know, he, he showed he showed glimpses at the end of last season where, you know, is is it a case where he's, he's playing with better players now? So he's, he's, he's his own game starting to start to, to creep up a bit more as well. So we'll see. But, um, yeah, I think Murphy for me is is some 
finishing coaching away from being a decent sub. Um, if he can stop hitting the woodwork and actually score the goals, he would have had a, probably about six goals last season, which would have he would been have had a good year. Really, yeah. really, really good return. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So in terms of uh, Callum Wilson, I think um, uh, my my dream would be to have Maxi and Diaby because they're going to entertain defenders. They're going to drag them off the ball and they're going to create space for Wilson to score goals. And we know that Wilson will score goals. And if he can stay fit, then that will be a big bonus for us. However, Injury record is, is not great for Callum Wilson. So we are being linked with a number of strikers. And I think, you know, with with uh, the Hugo deal falling through, we are still in the market for a backup striker. Um, whether or not they they overtake Wilson um, depends. As a young option, um, Brogia from Chelsea has been mentioned um, as, as a potential option. That's going to very much depend on what Chelsea want to do with him. Uh, he has been left behind. He hasn't gone with them on their preseason tour, so he's he's stayed he stayed behind. Now I, I kind of did a little bit of digging around. Um, everyone was everyone was quite um, quite excited, I guess you would say, about Hugo Ekatike. Uh Now he's playing. Keep in mind, he's playing in a much weaker league. Now, in terms of matches played, Armando Broja played more games but probably played more as a sub. Um, so he actually um, only started, you know, what, six more games than Ekitike. Uh Ekitike had that injury. I'm not going to say that I'm not concerned about that hamstring at such a young age being a constant problem and him having strapping on it anyway. Ekitike scored more goals. Um, they played, uh, he played much less. So he's obviously got a higher goals per minute ratio um, at the moment. Uh most of the most of the stuff, I mean, most of the stats are very comparable. Um, there's there's not a great deal in it, um, and there's not a great deal in their age either. So you know, I don't think Amando Broja is going to be that that all encompassing centre forward. Um, I don't know if he's going to be able to hold the ball up. He he does seem to lose the ball easy at times. Um, he does have some skill in his pocket. So again, it's it's a young striker that could potentially be that bench player and come on when needed. Do I want a 20-year-old who's relatively untested if Wilson does get injured as a being our, like our only goal-scoring threat? And this is no 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 disrespect to Chris Wood, but I'm not going to rely on him to score <laughs> 10 goals a season for us at the moment. Is Brozier going to be able to be that player for us? And I don't know if I would see him as that, but... He's definitely got potential. Um, he is young enough and he will continue to improve. And, you know, the the stats lines favor Hugo Ekatike in terms of that age range, but he's also playing in France where unless you're playing PSG or Lille or, you know, Marseille maybe, there's a lot of pretty average teams in that French league um, that are that are easy hits and they're probably not going to be defensively sound. So, you know, you're going to have a have a free swing at those in terms of trying to score a goal. Um, Brogia's at Southampton last season on loan in a struggling Southampton side. And so he's not going to get the, the the chances created for him. He's, he's going to be relied on. He's going to be up against better defensive units in the Premier League because most of the teams can still defend pretty well. You know, we, we saw, um, as you said, uh, you know, teams have gone down not because of not, not 
not because of conceding lots of goals, but because they literally just could not score. Um, so I think that's kind of a big indication. So I, 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 I'm going to hold off on my judgment of him. If if we get him, great. I'm going to be happy. Um, you, you're, you, you haven't seen a lot of him, I don't think, have you? No, I've seen a bit of him, but I mean, it's they're very similar. I mean, people are screaming and you know, oh, we're going to sign Hugo Ekateka. Like they wouldn't have heard of him seven months ago. No one had heard of him before January until we'd put that bid in. Was it the last day or the second last day of the transfer window yeah. when we put the bid in? And everyone's like, oh, oh, let's get him. Let's get like, yeah. But their age, all like you said, yeah, their ages are similar. Goal scoring, sort of similar. I think the the plus is that Broach has actually played in the league before. He knows he's he doesn't have to come and get acclimatized to the pace, to the physicality of it all. He's actually he's been here and he knows. So if I had to lean one way, I'd probably lean towards him. Maybe alone, maybe alone for the season, and then we can actually spend money on a permanent winger and he might be alone. We can yeah. we can sort of think about and then if Wilson's cacked it again by Christmas, we can maybe look at someone again in January. You know what I mean? Like, there's options there, which is which is a good thing. Yeah, the the loan with a with a clause to buy seems to be the the preferred option for a lot of people um, with yeah. pressure. So, the other striker that has crept up yet again, I think we were linked with him in January, um, but it, his name's crept up again. Is uh, Gabriel Barbosa. Um, so Captain Barbosa um, for all the, <laughs> the Pirates of the Caribbean fans out there um, could be a thing. Uh, called Gabigol um, would add another Brazilian to our contingent. Um, we, we definitely need to get a, get a, a goal, a yellow and, and green kit uh, with blue shorts at some point uh, in the what near future. What year was that? I remember we wore one at Man United. Remember we uh, could yeah. buy score. I'm pretty sure we're in that kit. Yeah. So uh, I think that should be getting a getting a run out if we do get any more Brazilians in. Um, oh, no, we're not allowed, now, not allowed to wear club uh, country kits anymore. No, 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 apparently not. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's let's not go down that one again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a big um, rabbit hole. Uh, so uh, he is scoring decent numbers of goals, but he is playing in South America, um, not the strongest leagues. But um, you know, I, I think there's there's still scope for him. The, the worry, I think, for him is he has been to Italy and failed. He did not do very well when he moved to Italy, so he moved back to South America again. Um, so there is, there is that concern, but let's be face it. Let, let's be fair. Um, let's be face it. Uh, let, let's, let's face it. Uh, you know, Paqueta didn't do very well at AC Milan. He's moved up back. He moved over to France. Everyone wants him. Um, so, you know, is it is it really that big an issue if he's showing the skills and the the play style to fit into an Eddie Howe style of play? Um, now, I've I've watched. I've done my YouTube scouting um, as as we all do, and Barbosa looks a decent decent enough player. He's got a very good finish on him. Scores a lot of penalties, which is obviously a worry for us since we don't get them awarded very often. <laughs> Uh, but um, did, did, do you make anything of that? Is it another name that's just being thrown out there? Are we being used off his agent to generate some interest? Is it? Yeah, well, I yeah, I thought that as well until I read from the Chronicle, so I take that for what it's worth, but apparently Steve Nixon has actually flown over okay. to Brazil. So there must be some 
some smoke there if if he's flying over. And I know he obviously didn't have a great time at Inter Milan, and but I mean I think he's twenty five or somewhere around twenty five, mid twenties anyway. So he was there about five years ago, and it's not like he's a twenty year old kid who's moved to the other side of the world. Yeah, doesn't speak the language. It probably like it's a it's a pretty big thing to happen in your life. Never mind you're playing professional sport and trying to <laughs> make a living and and perform under all them pressures as well. So, I mean, there's there's excuses there, I suppose, reasons why he didn't succeed in that time. And maybe now, four or five years later, he's more mature, he's more comfortable within himself and maybe maybe he's ready to to give it another shot while he's while he's still got a few good years left in him. I mean, his goal-scoring records, I know he said it wasn't, it's not the greatest league, but it's bloody phenomenal. It's, he's got like, hang on, like 56 goals in 87 appearances since wow. 2020. Like, I know it's not a, it's not a great league, but it's not a Bush league. Like, it's still, there's still good team. He's still got to score. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter, like, who it is. And I mean, he's been picked for the Brazilian national team as well. He scored goals for the Brazilian national side. Yeah. As well. so, so I, I was actually reading about him this afternoon and something happened. I think something's happened with the national team coach. He wasn't selected for their last uh, set of games. Um, now his club coach has said what, like whatever the reason was that it's, it's uh, bullshit pretty much. And, the national team coach, it's not true what he's saying. There's other uh, ulterior reasons that he's not telling us about because what he said is not true. But, look, it's it's the same as Diaby. I mean, if he's getting picked for the Brazilian national team, like, yeah, he's, he's, he's not some flash in the pan. He's obviously got a little bit of substance to, to his game. Like, they don't just pick anyone. So, I mean, and, yeah, if Steve Nixon's flying over to Brazil, it, there must be some leagues on it for sure. Yeah. And they might yeah. be able to get him for a lot cheaper than some of the other players they've been linked with and some of the prices they've been quoted. Yeah, I think I've, I, I don't know if this was true, but I, feel, I think I saw $25 million or something quoted for him, which, yeah. you know, perfect signing really for us if if we can get him and he and he does hit the ground and start scoring goals obviously we've yeah. got brazilians at the club already to help him settle as well yeah. so that will be a big big factor well you say yeah same with when bruno signed like him and joe hit it off straight away like every video even on their instagrams they were filming each other at the club and they're taking the piss out of each other but i think yeah, if you've already got two Brazilians there, I mean, it'd be a lot easier to acclimatise and, and settle in and, and stuff like that, coupled with yeah. the fact that he's older, more mature. I I, I think it's a it could be a good bit of business. Yeah. I, I personally would love to see him just because it'll wind Lee up um, when we see him take his penalties because <laughs> he, he does this weird stutter step run up oh, for, no. <laughs> for his penalties. It's really, really infuriating. Um, <laughs> I don't think any of us are a, are a massive fan of that style of penalty kick. Um just give us a Shearer, like, welly yeah. into the top corner every time. Uh, Absolutely. Try and bust the net when it goes. <laughs> We're not finesse. I'm going to run up and I'm going to kick it as hard as I can. 
Yeah. So on, on from uh, from potential uh, wind up merchants to probably the the biggest wind up merchant of all. Um, that would uh, that would annoy quite a lot of fans in terms of his play acting. Is another player we've been linked with, which is Gordon from Everton. Now, by all accounts, this is this is kind of gaining traction, and we've we've kind of tabled a bit. Apparently, where we're waiting on Everton to decide whether or not they actually want to sell him before we start negotiating for him. Now, he's he's only twenty. Um, he's had good games. He's had bad games. I think inconsistency is what um, Sharpie was saying uh, online when when he was quizzed about it. So. It's understandable, I guess, for, for a, a young player like that who's coming in to a struggling side who is, you know, let's be fair, still learning his game and getting used to it. It's his first season in the Premier League. You know, you, you kind of expect a little bit of inconsistencies there. Um, I don't think he should be necessarily first choice right now. Um, that would be my only concern is if that's our option if we don't get Diaby and play him on the right wing. But... You know, who knows with that one. The the big thing for Gordon um, in, in the minus column, I guess you would say, is he's a diving piece of shit at times, and he would infuriate you if he wasn't playing on your team. Um, every time anyone sees him play, he's just constantly trying to con the ref. He just has, he's developed a very bad reputation in a very short period of time. Um, what do you make of, what, what do you make of the, of the, potential interest um where do you see him playing and do you reckon that's a it's a good idea or should we stay clear i think i think it's a load of shit to be honest and i think we should stay clear anyway because i mean for 35 million was the reported opening sort of bid i mean like that that's a double tax that's a english player tax and a newcastle tax on top of that, like we've been double taxed on that price, but what I don't understand why like, he's never going to, that's his boyhood club. He's come up through their Academy. He's helped them somehow stay in the league. I don't know how they ended up staying in the league, but they stayed in the league. He's, he's not just going to down tools and go to another club where he's not going to play mm-hmm. every week. I think, I think it's a, I think it's a, ploy or a plan it's been leaked by i think one of his agents to use it as leverage to try and get a better contract yeah out uh, of everton surprise me, yeah. that's that's what i think because i mean i don't there's no reason for him to leave look it's they weren't relegated they're still in the division he'll play every week at his boyhood club i mean why would you leave to be a a fringe player somewhere else in the same league like it doesn't it makes no sense. Well, it's, it's it's the thing is I can't see Newcastle spending that on a fringe player at this moment in time. No. We've got enough fringe players. Look, the players we've actually got at the moment are fringe players. But we need starters and then yeah. it'll sort of start pushing everyone down and stuff like that, which... Yeah. I think I, we we've need... Got yeah, just five, have... We've got five subs next year, don't we? Is that the... Was that yeah, end? something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's so, in the next season. Yeah, we. I think we've got enough. And then with the, some of the fixtures are going to be a bit condensed with the World Cup. They've got to make up games during that time frame and stuff like that. So look, there's going to be a bit of squad rotation. I think 
next season. But I think we've got enough to, if someone has to miss a game due to rest or fatigue or whatever it is, or maybe not missing a game, maybe it's just start on the bench and might come on. We've got enough players. We showed last year that we can cover them spots. Well, we've got Bruno didn't start his first sort of five games. Trippier missed a chunk. Wilson missed a chunk. Like we've got enough, I think, to to cover. And like you said, I don't think we need apart from maybe a striker, but we don't really need fringe players. Like we need players yeah. who are going to be starters to actually push the starters back to being fringe players. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and to be honest, I just don't see I don't see where the 35 million is coming from. Um, I don't I haven't seen enough from him regularly enough to justify that sort of price tag anyway. Um, I think you could be onto something when it's a it's a potential contract negotiation tool from his agent yeah. leaking something. So yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. So we'll uh, we'll, we'll kind of like move on because those are those are the big ones that have been talking um, talking points for the fans. Uh, it's gone a little bit quiet on Paqueta. Um, you know, there's a few others that we've been heavily linked with that don't seem to be on the radar right now. Um, whether or not we we hear back from those closer to the end of the transfer window because they're not priorities right now, um, it, it, it's uh, it's it's going to be a, a wait and see situation. But a quick note on any potential outgoings. So one of the big things is apparently Gail, Clark, and Hendrick have been demoted to train with the under twenty threes. Uh, I don't know if that's a uh, you know, you're out on the way out. So if you don't accept them, this is where you're going to be, um, which, you know, look, it's time to get hard with some of these players. It's like we we have to move forward and, and those players are not the ones that are going to be here for the season. And I think it's like, I think it's safe to say, I mean, you know, we've got better now than than those three players in terms of Premier League quality for backup. As, as much as Chris Wood gets, gets a lot of stick, he was effective at what he did. He just didn't score the goals. So we do need a goal scorer, but I think in terms of that third striker option, Chris Wood can still come on and do a job. He's still going to come on and make us more defensively solid if we need to see a game out. Um, he gives us a bit more height up front if we need to kind of try and, you know, dink long balls into the to the box to try and get a get a cheeky header um, to, to get a late equalizer or something. So, you know, for me, Gale's never going to be a top top draw Premier League striker for us. So, you know, he could do a, a very good job for somebody in the championship who are looking for promotion. Um, he, I've, I've always said he's one of those players that's too good for the championship, but just not good enough for the Premier League. And, you know, we'll wait and see what happens with um, Mitrovic this season with Fulham because he's another one that gets that sort of label thrown at him as well. I think Clark, Clark and Hendrick, they've, they've done their job for us, but it's time to move on. Um, in terms of other players, I think probably need to be moved on from my point of view anyway. Um, I'd be probably looking at Fede Fernandez as well. Uh, I think... He's getting on his contract up at the end of next season. I don't think he's going to get a new one. I don't think there's any need to get a new one. I think we'll probably be looking to maybe add another um, another sort of big name uh, signing alongside Sven Botman if we if we add anyone uh, next season. There's uh, you know there's this talk where Richie's probably going to go. Um, Richie's a strange one for me because I think he's really valuable to the team in terms of the dressing room presence, uh, and and that will be a big loss. Uh, and especially if we are getting a lot of these younger players in, having those senior leadership players in that dressing room, 
um, is is something that we we need to have still. Now that's maybe not as much of a loss because we've now got Trippier, who's obviously such a big influence. Uh, Bruno seems to be sort of hitting it off in the dressing room, and he's that 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 leader on the pitch as well. So. Um, those, those are the ones for me that stand out a mile. There's obviously things like Miggy um, could be sold if we get a decent bid for him because someone has to go uh, just to free up those squad positions. Do you see anyone else? Um, anyone else sort of heading off? And, and what do you what do you make of like those those players getting sent to the under twenty three training? I think it's yeah. Well, the writing's on the wall, isn't it? <laughs> if you're going to train yeah. with the under twenty threes, but I mean, Clark is the interesting one, isn't he? Because he was told in January that he wasn't going to be a part of the squad and, you know, would you like to go out on loan and, and stuff like that? And he basically said no. Like he, he was happy to stay and do nothing and collect his 35, 40, 40K a week, whatever he's on. And that's that's the biggest issue and that's that's what the previous owners left us with is these players who are all over 30 coming the, the end is a lot closer to the start of their careers. They're on ridiculous wages for championship clubs, and it's that's going to be the problem to get rid of them because they're all on 35, 40, 45K a week. And, I mean, what what championship club's going to pay that? Like, there's no way, apart from maybe Gale because he'll get you goals and he might be able yeah. to get you out of the division. But, I mean, like, who in their right mind is going to pay – 40,000 for 40,000 a week for Kieran Clark and and stuff like that. Like their contracts are have just ruined everything because or not ruined everything. It's probably a bit over the top, but they they're just going to be so hard to move because of how much they're on. Like yeah. no one's going to pay that. It's going to be I've got I've got a feeling it's going to be basically everyone's going to be loaned out. Like it's the same as Isaac Hayden because clubs can't afford to pay and a lot of them their contracts are going to be up maybe this year or next year. So it might only be a 12 month thing, but I mean, I've got, got like Darlo as well. Yeah. Like he, he's probably going to have to go. I mean, Manquillo, Manquillo, is he going to stay? Or like, I don't think you need him and Kraft. I no. thought Kraft, Kraft probably played the better of the two towards the back end of the year when Trippier was out. So, I mean, he's another one you could probably look at. I mean, even, like Matty Longstaff. I mean, he he's not going to play. Like, let's be no. honest. So, look, he, his wages, obviously, he only signed the two two years. Was it like, yeah, last year when yeah. he was, he's basically out of contract and he re-signed that, that two-year deal to stay. But he, like, you might as well just flog him off now because he's he's never going to get a look in here anymore. So, yeah, I've got probably Darlo, Gale, Fernandez. I, I agree with that as well. Mankio. Hendrick, Maddie Longstaff, and then yeah, I'm I'm torn on Richie as well. I, I, I like his wage. Look, his wages are dead wood. Like he's not gonna, he's not. He's gonna not gonna feature. play unless we have no. a massive amount of injuries. Yeah, if we have another COVID outbreak or yeah. something like that, you know, he might get called up. But can they can they perhaps say, look, we're, we're happy to have you for one year and maybe transition into a coaching role or. Yeah something to do with the academy now like we're actually going to have a decent academy like put it to are you happy in the area like we're happy to have you we we can see you doing this role perhaps after next year when your contract runs out and if he's happy to do that i mean i'm i'm happy to have him around if 
if he's happy to sort of maybe start transitioning more into a coaching role than a than a playing role. Because like you said, he's he's been very good. Though everyone speaks pretty highly of him around the dressing room and and stuff like that as well. And Lascelles, I think, yeah, this might upset people, but I think he's worth having around. I mean, for that reason, he's not. Dimmy's Dimmy screaming at the TV right yeah, now. Yeah, Dimmy's just thrown his remote <laughs> through the bloody TV. But for just to have around the dressing room as well to keep that connection and, and culture that they've obviously established through the shit years that we've had, I think he'd be good to have around. And he, he's not going to play much. He probably know the writing's on the wall last year, and then we've signed another another central defender. I think he knows that. But, but it, it might be a case where if he comes to the club and and asks to be for a transfer request. I think they'll try and help him if that's what he really wants. I mean, he's not he's not the player you you're gonna sort of fight to keep. I I've I've got mixed feelings on on LaSalle's because I think through the, the Benitez years, I think he was probably a rock at the back. And while he's never been our most skillful defender, he always kind of made the sum of the part, by the, the the defense better than the sum of the parts. He knew um, what he was. He didn't. He didn't he, try he and. Knew what he was. He did the simple yeah. things. Now we're playing a style of football that just doesn't suit him. He's not capable of playing the ball out from the back. He's not cap- comfortable with the ball at his feet, and that's fine. But he just needs to know his limitations now. Whether or not he wants to stay and work on that and try to get better, or you know, just do what he can. Um, by all accounts, he's, he's a good influence in the dressing room as well. So, you know, we want to kind of keep that harmony. But, you know, he's, it, realistically speaking, unless we get injured or, or injuries or we start to do some squad rotation, he's not going to he's not going to play that many games. I mean, you've got Botman, Shah, and Burn now ahead of him, effectively in that in that pecking order. Uh, interesting question though um, that stems from that is something I've seen on social media is. Do you keep him as club captain if he's still at the club, or do you take it off him and give it to Trippier? Yeah, hundred percent. Trippier, every like he, Trippier was the captain, yeah. even when he wasn't the captain. Like, and actually, it made me think if if Gordon played, can you imagine how many times that Trippier would be picking him up? You know how many like every time he run past Maxi and like get up, mate, come on, we've got to defend. He'd be he spent his whole game picking him up or he'd have the biggest arms in the premier league from picking him up yeah. 20 times a game. Like, yeah, uh, I think, I, I think Trippy has definitely made his influence in that dressing room. I think he's, he's, he's definitely captain material for us. Uh, it, it'd be, I think it's, it's kind of obviously a little bit awkward if you take the captaincy off someone who's then still at the club. Um, it's not unheard of. It does happen. Uh, it's just, Potentially, they'll look at maybe dual captains so that they can still keep Lascelles as a captain, but realistically, Trippier is the captain because he's going to be playing all the games. Yeah, I think well, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because, I mean, the three captains we sort of had during last season, none of them are nailed on starters anymore. So Lascelles, no. Shelby, and Dubravka are all they're fri- like they're sort of fringe players now, really. Yeah. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I, that's why I think Trippier should be captain. Well, obviously, he's a, a, mas- a massive leadership presence on and off the pitch, but he's going to be there most weeks. And I think I, I don't, Joel Linton seems 
to show a little bit of leadership ability mm. as well. And, like, from all reports, he's, like, the hardest trainer. He always trains the house down. And his actions, his language probably might hold him back a little bit. But he could be – could he be a captain, perhaps? Not like if Trippier is injured, suspended – yeah, yeah. Whatever. It's interesting like, to see who it does fall to. As uh, I said, it's Wilson like you kind of need well? those backups, don't you? Yeah, I think did Wilson captain one of potentially the games yes, as well? yes. I think yeah. he may he may have captained in the past as well. So, so I don't think there's any. It's obviously a good thing when you've got that many good characters in the club that, yeah. that can step up to that role and you know try and bring everyone else forward. So that's obviously a good thing. Um, so obviously um, the, the the window is still open for a while. We've started doing our preseason training, um, heading off for our preseason games. Um, I'm not sure when our first one is actually. Uh, let me just double Next check. Next week, that. I think it is. Is it? Uh, so we've got a friendly against Gateshead um, at Darsley Park uh, this weekend on Saturday. So that's a behind. Behind That's closed a behind-closed-doors doors one. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, so uh, um, 29th is Atalanta um, at home. Um, and then we've got the 15th, which is uh, 1860 Munich. Um, so we'll uh, we'll see we'll see how everything goes with those. Um, so we may as well leave it there. Um, not a lot else to, to kind of go through. I think we've covered, covered everything. Um, going to be interesting to see how we go. Cannot wait to see our first game, be it... Uh, be it a, a dodgy stream of a channel um, of, of some preseason games <laughs> if we can find them because uh, it's going it's to be hard missing out on some of those uh, those those games. That but, hey, that could be a market for the for the online stuff for the club. Charge five dollars a, a yeah. five dollar fee. They'd make that have I'd pay fifty. It. They'd have fifty million people locking in the chat. The yeah. servers would go down trying yeah. to watch friendly games. Yeah, no, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. The 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 clamor of the fans at the moment is is something different only at this club. But uh, we'll leave it there. Thanks for everyone for listening and watching on YouTube. If you have watched on YouTube, uh, drop a comment below, hit that subscribe and like button if you haven't already, and uh, we'll kind of keep doing our thing. Um, so hopefully we'll uh, we'll be bringing you some more stuff next week, and we'll try and drop some some more transfer news as soon as we hear anything uh, concrete, more concrete. Um, and then uh, a bit of a shout out. We are actually planning a meetup in Sydney for any of our Australian based Newcastle fans, um, which is going to be, I believe, the Burnley game, uh, Brentford game, maybe. Well, if you head on to Aussie Mags or onto any of the, um, the individual city um, Newcastle fan groups then uh, you'll be able to get some of the details for that shortly um, we'll continue to uh, keep you posted with any of those things and uh, we will leave it there for tonight thank you very much cheers keegan thank you mate have a good night you too mate take it easy and we'll catch everyone on the next one